name's Sid Garza Hillman, and this is what I think. Let's talk about edibles. I get questions on occasion about edibles. Am I pro-edibles? Am I anti-edibles? If you are wondering uh, what an edible is, then you're not in the know. And you probably don't live in California. However, I think it's nationwide. The word edible has become the word for uh, edible TH pot, marijuana, THC, whatever you want to call it, the edible version of a thing you can eat. I just think it's funny that it's sort of like they they got the coup of the word. They're like, it's a coup, edible. We're going to call our thing edible, which really, if you think about it, applies to anything that is human food could be called an edible, but somehow the pot business was like, we're going to call THC things you can eat. We're going to call those edibles. And now everybody goes like, yeah, I, I do edibles. And they people know what they mean. They just know what they mean. Would you like an edible? You mean broccoli? No, no, no. The THC-infused gummy bunny. That's what I mean. And then after I eat the edible, I would like another edible after that in the form of seven chocolate chip cookies. But we know what edible is. It's amazing. If you want to know my opinion of it, and somebody asked, a few people have asked. So it's not like I'm just, do you want my opinion? I've been asked. You may not care, but I've been asked. I defy you to tell the difference, to tell me any substantial difference between an edible, and I don't mean, you know, broccoli rob, I just mean an edible, the difference between edible, alcohol, or even junk food. They don't, they don't, I defy you to tell me the difference between those things. If it's illegal in your state, okay, fine, that's a factor, but that's not in your terms of your decision, whether you do it or not, but there's no difference. There's no difference. I don't care. I'm drinking a, by the way, a great single malt scotch right now. Oh, it's a, it was a gift. It's a Balvenie, uh, aged in Caribbean rum casks. You know, you know what I'm saying? It was given to me. So it'd be rude for me not to drink it. Uh, and it is edible by the way, which is fantastic. Uh, it's a win-win, but there's no difference. I mean, there's, there's no substantial difference. You cannot Look, weed has a kind of a stigma attached because it was deemed illegal for a whole host of reasons. I have no idea what, but so junk food's legal, but it's, you know what I mean? Like it's a matter of, I'll put it this way. It's a matter of degrees. Okay. But a drug's a drug. So if you want to do an edible and you feel worse about that than having a glass of wine, think again, because there's no difference, but it's effect on the body is, you know, can be different. I don't think that, you know, a Big Mac uh, impairs drivers, you know, but maybe, you know, like, look, it may be, it may, junk food may impair drivers, like maybe, and this is a conspiracy theory that I have, it's very strong. Do I have data to back it up? No, because that's, it's a conspiracy theory. That's the whole thing. Maybe fast food restaurants are trying to increase, you know, instances of road rage. So they're feeding people really bad food that's highly addictive to get people super pissed and super angry so that the we we have road rage uh, and and we're distracted from our own lives and we and it's and that's upsetting and we're really angry and so we got to go back to get the freaking junk food because it gives us that momentary joy. Is that possible as a conspiracy? Just as much as anti-vaxxers make it possible. It's just there's there's much possibility between that and the Illuminati. It's all. I guess, 
Uh, but I think that that could be. But anyway, back to edibles. It's do it I don't, or don't do it. I don't care. I'm not going to tell you. To, I don't think it's good for you. I don't think it's you know good for your glaucoma. But there's some science with regard to CBD, the non-psychotropic version of the marijuana plant. But an edible on a Saturday night is not, uh, you know, it's not a health, you're not taking a vitamin pill. Okay. And I don't even think most vitamin pills are good for you, but don't get me. Can we not go down the rabbit hole of this? Anyway, people go, what do you think about edibles? I go, yeah, it's, it's alcohol. It's junk food, limit it, minimize it, make sure you do it safely. And yes, that goes for junk food too. Make sure if you do it too much, there's going to be an effect on your health and it ain't going to be a good effect. Okay. Now let's talk about soap. Mm. My kids, by the way, my twins, the, the 12 year old, they're just newly 12, just got their vaccines yesterday. First round of vaccines. Very exciting. Uh, right out of the shoot. I mean, it was like okayed on Monday and we thought, okay, it'll be a little while before they're available. My wife went online to the local thing in the county and was like, well, let's just see what's appointments for 12 year olds to 15 year olds done. She signed up, went to Safeway. Whew. That's a whole thing. In our Safeway, in our town, like I'm not dissing all Safeways. I'm just saying the one in my town, near the town north of us, Fort Bragg, California, you get multiple infections on your way back to the back area where the pharmacy is. Okay, so they had to get vaccinated for COVID, but then all sorts of other drugs just to counteract what they caught on the way to the pharmacy. It's it's like that. My kids asked for. Um, they said this is this is. This is how I run my, my wife and I run like the, the family. They go, Hey, is there, can we get a, like bars of soap? That's my kids. Can we get bars of soap? That's what they asked they, And here's why, because if you ever visit my home and you're all invited, you're all invited to, to my home, come, just come on over. What you'll find in both bathrooms on the soap dish trays are not bars of soap. Like most families might have dove, if you will. Irish Spring, nay, Irish Spring. Uh, you'll find a col highly colored, bright, not natural color, like pur pur a purple that is otherworldly purple. From the days when my eldest daughter, who's now 17, made soap. It was probably a Christmas present. I don't even know. And she was in the slime for a while and she made soap and i think my da other daughter dabbled that's the soap we have it's been on there for years i'm not kidding and it's little teeny it's the kind of soap if you've seen it it's obviously a home project and it's it'll stain the porcelain it's like that soap and we still have it it was in the shape of a unicorn but now it's just a kind of an oval but not really an oval so my kids said can we get a that's what they're asking for so i have really controlled the level of pleasure in my home such that that's a coup for them is if we could just get a bar of soap. Like, can we just get like Dr. Bronner, like a bar of soap? So just, I just want to leave you a little, little help. Oh, by the way, that's, and, and, and just my philosophy, right? When it comes to soap in my family, I lower the bar. Mm. Are you still with me? I like to have weeder questions. When I was in college, they had this English series that you took to weed out people who weren't serious about English. Like if you took these and you got through them, then probably you could do an English major, but they weeded people out because they were so kind of hard and everything. That's, I always put a question in or a statement in my early parts of my podcast, because then 
like 50% of people will stop after that point. And then it's just us. And we're like the elite people. And then we get to continue the conversation about what the podcast is about. I just weed people out every time. I just say some crazy shit and then they go, ah, this is not right for me. Good. That's, I want to know that. Perfect. Go eat your edible. Um, this might get uncomfortable. That's not me saying that. That is a podcast I might've mentioned the other day with Jason Robel and Whitney Lauritsen, buddies of mine from, from years ago. I know that I've known them for a few years now. I was a guest on their podcast talking about six truths. I wanted to mention it because it's on YouTube too. And I'll link to the uh, podcast, but it's funny and they do a good job. Like they're pro, they're freaking pro. Good Lord. I was like, they're like, listen, here's the list of things you have to do before you start the podcast. I was like, oh my God, calisthenics. That's nuts. Um, I send them some roasted coffee afterwards just to make amends. So listen to that podcast. It's very funny. Uh, and today I was on one called uh, the Yogi Triathlete Podcast, buddies of mine. And I'll announce that when that comes um, when that comes to it. Okay, good to, thanks. Thank you on, on the thanks note. Thanks for everybody uh, to who supports my podcast and um, comes to listen to it and might even tell a friend. More on that in a subsequent episode. My book, Six Truths, Live By These Truths and Be Happy, Don't You Won't, is out. It's out and about. My small steppers program, people are joining it. There's a six free six-part video series. It's free. Go to smallsteppers.com. And last thing I'll quickly say, and this is only going 20 seconds, smallstepintensive.com. It's my private coaching thing. It's 12 weeks. I have one spot open right now. If you're interested and you want to see what it's about, go to smallstepintensive.com, click on the thing and schedule a call with me. It's free on Zoom. We can talk about it and see if it's right for you. If it's not, don't do it. Don't sweat it. What am I? What am I? I'm freaking hard sell you. I'm not hard selling you. It's for people who are like, I'm done. I'm so exhausted with trying things that don't work and don't last. I'm freaking done. That's I go, are you freaking done? And they, if they say yes, I go, then you're a candidate. The power of not knowing. The power of not knowing. I have come to believe that if we can wrap our brains around the idea that there are certain things we don't know, and I'm going to go one step further because this is going to blow your mind. And this is not just the Caribbean cask, I mean, Caribbean cask aged. I'm not even Caribbean. It's foreign, right? If we could let go of even trying to find out about certain things. And it's, look, it's a tough thing because if we think there's a chance of us knowing something, we really want to know it. We're going to keep, 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 keep on trying to know it. But I think that there's a a limit at which we say to ourselves, or could, I don't know if I'll ever know this. And, and it's my life gets better when I let that go. If it comes up and it and presents itself or some new information, I'll dive in at that point. But at this point, I just don't know. And how great that is. What we don't know can make us stronger. And here's why. Because if we understand what we don't know and are learn to be okay with that, we don't, I mean... When we get into a new relationship, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know. And if we try to control it and we try to manage not knowing that instead of being ourselves and, and being honest and tackling the, the struggles of a healthy relationship, we could tank the relationship just because we're afraid of we don't know what's going to happen. I meant to um, look up a quote from a movie that I like. It's a guilty pleasure. I'm going to tell you right now, Night at the Museum. I know. It's Ben Stiller. I like Ben Stiller, but I like that movie. I had to watch it because of the kids. I'm going to blame it on them. But then I was like, I kind of like that 
movie. It's really good. There's a few of them, and they're all good. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy. They're funny. But Robin Williams, rest in peace, right? One of one of the greats. He plays uh, Teddy Roosevelt. He's like a statue, and he comes alive. That's I just gave it away. Spoiler alert. Anyways, it, whatever. And so Ben Stiller at some point in one of the movies, it, it's all a blur to me. Sometimes I'll just put the kids to bed and I just eat edibles and then I eat edibles and then I eat more edibles and then I watch the whole series back to back all night. Ben Stiller says, I don't, at some point toward the end of the movie, he says to Teddy Roosevelt, he says, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen next. And Teddy Roosevelt, and I get, I swear to you, I get emotional at this line. I don't know why. And the Robin Williams delivers it in the best way possible. Like it's so well acted and perfect. But anyways, Robin Williams goes, oh, how exciting. And I always remember that, like that little nugget of, I love that line. I don't know what's going to happen next. And interpreting that not from a place of fear, but a place of excitement, how amazing that is to not know what's next, how great that is and how that can make us stronger, healthier, and happier. Just, just getting around this idea we don't know and that's okay and it's even exciting that we don't know and i think that there's a you know when we get into this sort of obsessive chasing of the unknown that you know if if ill prepared in that quest you can wind up in a cult and a victimhood and and in the very least a life less lived because you're so focused on this end game of finding this thing out you're missing the present you're checking out from the day to day of what it is to live a good life because you want to find out what happens when we die. We don't know what happens when we die. It's terrifying. At least once or twice a week, I'm going, I'm going to die. That's is not like, that's I'm going to actually die. There's no, there's no thing. I don't think there's getting around it. I think that potentially an edible can make that go away, but I don't know. I don't know. Right. I don't know. I just keep trying, but I don't know. And so when we don't know that and we end up trying to chase this idea of falling into something that makes sense for us, but let's face it, a lot of the stuff that makes sense for us about when we die is what we want to happen when we die. That's, let's be honest, shall we? When we attach to something that says, here's what happens when you die, it's never the thing that makes us feel even more terrified. It's the thing that alleviates that fear. But if we can just be okay with not knowing I don't know. I don't know that this is, I don't know that, look, if that person saying that thing, they could be right. I don't know, but I don't actually know. And neither do they, by the way, they don't know. They're probably charging for that kind of knowledge that isn't real. It's a, it's a tough thing. I'm not going to deny. It's a tough thing to figure out what we really can't know and then to, and then to let it go. Like there's certain things, but I think it's a different, it's different from turning our backs from information or seeking the truth. I think it's, I think it's, we're not turning our backs from information, but we're, we're sitting in a place where we go, I don't know this thing. I don't think it's even knowable. So until maybe something is, comes out, I'm going to sort of live over here instead of, I'm sort of let that go. You know, we embark on a new, look, I deal with it with clients. They don't know what's going to happen in small step intensive. Like they don't, I mean, and this is not, I'm, there's no sell here. I'm not, I'm not kidding, but they go, this is a weird thing. I don't know what's going to happen. So the first few weeks of that conversation is like, you don't know, but these are real things that we're doing today that are going to be positive no matter what, but we all don't know the outcome. We don't know. We won't know what's going to happen when we get in our car tomorrow. We don't know. And 
being more comfortable with that not knowing that's the power that's powerful it's powerful because it's a less of a distraction in our life letting go of what we can't know and don't know being okay learning to be okay with that and when it when we do that when we when we let things go that we don't know and saying you know i just don't, i don't know i don't know what happens when we die i don't know what happened i know what's gonna happen with this marriage it seems right in the moment i'm gonna work my ass off but i don't i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen so instead of going well i better not got in a relationship because it could go wrong and i don't know that so i better not even enter into something that could go wrong we lose out we lose out we are more powerful when we let go of what we can't know and don't know we are more powerful when we learn to be okay with that. And when we do, it allows for a gentle and seamless shift from future to present thinking. In other words, when we let go of what we don't know and, and, and letting go so, so much, letting go at least substantially to searching out that thing, which is a future thinking that's like, eventually I'm going to know. So I'm going to keep on working toward that thing to find that out. When we let that go, at least substantially we shift again from future to more present thinking we're able to live our lives while not entirely for the day more so for the day Shutters open to dark But you said it'd be Light again So here I am Explain to me I had to suffer that painful analogy and now I wonder if I'll ever be free. Said you'd take my discontent away and undress it for another day. Hey, another day.
got up to leave Later described as sheepishly But I was leaving, I was through with talking Finally Finally 